good to see everybody. Thanks for being here. We got some more room up here. Uh, also, I want to let everybody know that we do have an 8 o'clock service. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I don't know. I mean, if you like, if you, if you uh, like that, make room for somebody else. So good to see everybody. Thanks for being here. I've been thinking about uh, the message that I want to speak to you. And if sometimes it's a, it's challenging, if not daunting, sometimes to be able to bring a word that you feel like God has for everybody. And this past week, uh, the rest, it's almost like a wrestling match. Like I'm wrestling, trying to figure out. It's been real clear what I felt like God wanted us to talk about today, but uh, how to present it and how to say it is, is uh, hopefully it'll come out. We've been praying about it. I know you all have been praying about it. This is, uh, I think, one of the greatest challenges for Christians today, for people who love Jesus, is, is to hear from God. I want you to know this morning that I feel like God has spoke to my heart this week that he wants us to hear from him and he wants to speak and does speak to us. God still speaks. Yes. And, and if we can get a hold of this and the, the challenge that we have because we live in a, in a world that is, is really challenging that wants to compete for the voice of God compete with the voice of God in our lives. And so I just want to, uh, there's a lot of chaos in our world. Y'all know that? Uh, there's a lot of voices speaking, telling us how to believe, how to live our lives. And, and if we're not careful, a lot of people would really love to tell you how to think. But there's one main voice that we should be listening to. Y'all with me? His name is Jesus. He speaks more than we know. But the question this morning is, are we listening or have we muted God's voice to some extent? So the title of my message, it may sound harsh, but the title of my message is Muting God. Muting God. Have you ever pushed the mute button? You husbands on your wife? Are you wives on your husbands? Are you kids on your parents? There's a wife, she was suing her husband, she's getting a divorce, and she accused him of not speaking to her in front of the judge, of not speaking to her in five years. And the judge just horrified and said, What have you what have you got to say for yourself? And the guy's sitting there, he said, Well, ah, uh, ah. Uh. I just didn't want to interrupt her. <laughs> just, just because somebody's speaking doesn't mean that somebody is listening. In order to hear someone, you have to stop talking. <laughs> There's a, little, a young man, 16 years old, just got his driver's license. He's real proud of how smart he was. And he said to his dad, thanks 
to your lectures, I never change horses in the middle of a job worth doing. I know that the squeaky wheel always gets the worm. And I never count the chickens until I've walked a mile in their shoes. <laughs> and you thought I wasn't listening. In John chapter 10, verse 27, it's a very important scripture. It says, my sheep know my voice. This is, this is important. My sheep know my voice. And then he says, I know them and they follow me. My, we have to hear the voice of the shepherd before we can follow the voice of the shepherd. We have to listen. There's a lot of hearing going on, but not a lot of listening. Just because the preacher's up here preaching about listening, you may hear it, but are you? There's a lot of confusion, complexity, and conflict in our society. Many voices are speaking to us daily, and we watch the, listen to the news reports, but a lot of time what we hear, even on the news reports, isn't really true, but it is in some case muting other voices. And sometimes God's voice is muting because we're muted, because we're listening to other voices. Everywhere there are voices speaking, telling us how to do something, what to do, how to believe our lives, how to think. Today we are going to ask the questions, what voices do we listen to? And what voices have we muted in our lives? I would say this as a nation, if we ever needed to hear the voice of truth, we need it today. We have been sliding into a, into a place of where our nation is void of the truth of the word of God. And because of that, the, the morality of our nation has declined because of our failure to hear the voice of God because there's so much noise in our world. I'm telling you, there's a lot of noise going on in our world today. But I have some good news for you. God still speaks. He is still speaking. The big question is, are we listening? So for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to talk about how to hear God's voice and uh, today about how we mute voices, sometimes, honestly, God's voice, and how at times others silence our voice and they mute our voice as well. Luke chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, uh, it's where the story of the birth of Christ is, but there's all, also in Luke chapter 1 another story about another birth that happens. In chapter, chapter 1, verse 5, it says, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah and his wife Elizabeth, who was... Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. You know that these were the, the parents of John the Baptist. And that's what this story is about. It's about John the Baptist, about how, how that Elizabeth uh, uh, 
give, gave birth to John the Baptist. So it's important that we understand this verse right here. It says, they were righteous. Everybody say, they were righteous. They were righteous in God's eyes and careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. In other words, they were people that they probably, they probably went to church every Sunday. They probably paid their tithe every Sunday. They probably did everything. I mean, just went through all of the motions they're supposed to go to. Good, good, good people. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were very old. One day, Zacharias was serving in the temple for his order was on duty that week. Out of thousands of priests in the priestly line, it was his turn to serve in the temple. And they had, uh, as was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. Why were they praying? A great crowd stood outside praying. Why were they praying? They were praying so that they could hear, so Zechariah could hear, could hear the voice of God. They were praying so that they could hear what God was saying to them as a nation because God spoke through the priests. In other words, it's not any different than what happens here at 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and 11 o'clock on, or whenever we do all this. <laughs> Every Sunday morning, what do we do? Why do we come to church? We come to hear. So everybody is like, we need to hear what God is saying. The great crowd stood outside praying while Zechariah was in the sanctuary. An angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. Now you would be too. I thought about when I was studying this sermon and I was sitting in, in my room and studying and I thought, what if, what if an angel just boop, just popped up right there? It scared me too. <laughs> but the angel said, what did he say? You tell me what he said. Don't. Every time the angel shows up in the Bible, he always has to say this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not. You're not. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God, listen to this. Y'all hit, listen. God has heard your prayer. I want everybody to hear that this morning. God has heard your prayer. When you were praying, God heard your prayer. You may be sitting there going, well, I know, and I know God hears my prayer. Now, do you really know God heard your prayer? Listen, stay right there. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. This was, this was Zachariah's prayer that they would have a son. And he was like, then it says, you will have great joy and gladness, and many will re rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must not touch, never touch wine or other alcoholic 
drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before, everybody say before, even before his birth. That's why we don't want to abort babies because the Holy Spirit lives in them before they're born. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God, and he will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. And he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He prepared the way of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers toward their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom, the wisdom of the godly. And Zechariah said, Zechariah said, Zechariah said to the angel, well, how can this be? How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now. And my wife is also well along in years. You don't get it, Mr. Gabriel. You don't know what you're talking about. Do you know who I am? And Gabriel's asking Zachariah, do you know who God is? Here was a righteous man. Here was a godly man, someone that went through all the most, did everything right, but, and he prayed for a son, and when God answered his prayer, Ah, oh, no, 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 I know I prayed it, but I didn't really mean it. I didn't really think he was going to do it. <laughs> I'm an old man now. My wife, she's an old woman. No, not an old <laughs> She's well along in the years, he said. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. Hey, I'm bringing you good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you'll be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. My word. God said, my word. He said, he said, Zachariah, you can get in on this if you want, and you can be happy about it, or you can be mad about it, or you can be sad about it, or you can pout about it, or you can be in unbelief about it, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. If you want to be in the middle of what I'm going to do, you better jump in the middle of it, because whether you believe it or not, it's going to happen. God is still going to be God. God is still going to build his church. He's still going to do what he says he will do, whether Zachariah is in the middle of it or not. Aren't you glad that God doesn't depend on us to fulfill his kingdom's purpose? But I would say this, he don't have another plan besides us. So I made up my mind, I'm not going to let God do things without me. I'm just going to be right in the middle of it. You know what? That pleases God because he loves to be around his family and he wants to be in communication with his family and he wants to speak to his family. And we're the family of God. When Zachariah's week of the service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterwards, everybody say soon afterwards. 
his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. God still speaks. History is filled with instances of God speaking to individuals. I think it's important that we understand that, that even like when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they heard the voice of the Lord while they were walking in the garden. And Genesis 3, 8, it says this, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord. Everybody say they heard the Lord. They heard the Lord walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. They heard God, so they hid. Then the Lord God called, God called to the man, where are you? God didn't call to Adam saying, where are you? Because God didn't know where Adam was. The reason that he called to Adam is because Adam didn't know where God was. He replied, I heard. Everybody say, I heard. It's important to know what we're hearing. And it's also important to know who's talking. How many knows that, the, that, that, that Satan is a mimic? And he'll mimic God's voice. And if we're not careful, we'll think we're hearing from God when we're, we're really hearing Satan mimicking God's voice, but because we haven't heard God's voice very much, we don't really know what it sounds like. My sheep know my voice. He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was, what's that next word? I was afraid. Here comes that fear business again. I was afraid, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And then it says, who told you? Who, where, where did you, where'd you, where'd you hear that you was naked? Now, back in the day, it didn't matter if they was naked because there wasn't no sin. <laughs> I just had a thought that I never thought about before in my mind. I wonder if we'll be naked in heaven. Never mind, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Oh, goodness. Let's just not go there. <laughs> he said, who told you you were naked? In other words, he said, what voice replaced my voice? Get off of the naked business. We got to go preaching here. Y'all just leave it alone. He said, what voice replaced my voice? that you were naked, and the Lord God asked, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And the man replied, it was the woman. <laughs> you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate. Then I, the Lord, then the Lord 
God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. Now, we can skip over all this stuff if we want to, but the, the fact is, is that the serpent replaced the voice of God. The serpent, in his reasoning, replaced the voice of God because she said, that's why I ate. And we will always have an excuse, and we will call it a reason why we replace God's voice with somebody else's voice or the voice of the enemy. You see, the first human reaction is to blame somebody else. And honestly, our culture is ate up with blaming somebody else for our own problems. It is ate up with it. When we actually allow someone else to mute God's voice, if we're not careful, we will blame them for our own indiscretion. We will blame them for our own What we do, we sabotage ourselves. Did you know that we have, everybody has seasons in life where you go through hard times? Everybody has seasons where you go through hard times. Everybody. But I do believe this. Dara and I was talking about this coming into church this morning. And I do believe that those hard times many times are much harder than they really need to be because we sabotage ourselves with our emotions in the middle of those hard times because we heed the voice of somebody else instead of the voice of God. We respond to our circumstance without faith instead of in faith, and we listen to other people because we go to other people for counsel when we should go to God for the truth. Your bad times don't have to be near as bad if you include God in your bad times and you ask him because I believe with all my heart God wants to speak to us because he still speaks. I love to talk to my kids. I love to talk to my grandkids. Why? Because I just like them. God wants to speak to you. Why? Because he likes you. He made you. He created you. And he wants to help you through your tough times. But you have to ask and then after you ask, you have to listen. See, too many times we do a lot of praying and we do a lot of asking, but we don't do much listening. We pray, 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 and then we get up and we run off. We should spend as much time listening as we do talking. How about the rest of you all saying amen? I said we need to spend as much time listening as we do talking because God still speaks. The problem is, is that God speaks in a still, small voice, and we've got way too much other noise going on in our minds to listen to God. Y'all remember the great patriarch Abraham? Abraham, He heard God's voice telling telling him and us, to separate from his idolatrous family, to travel to a distant land, to, to, to have God's promises. And Abraham went to the distant land, but on the way, he went, he went through uh, a, a king's territory, and uh, he told the king that Sarah, his wife, was his sister because he was afraid the king 
would, because Sarah was pretty, he thought the king would want Sarah. So he said, my point is that Abraham was, had problems too. The great patriarch lied to the king and, and just, I mean, you talk about, what did that do to Sarah? I mean, that was, that, she probably like, you got problems. But here it is. What happened? God's, God's voice of Abra- to Abraham that Abraham would be with him and he would go with him was muted from the influence that the king had on Abraham. There's other people's voices and the more influence you give, be careful who you give influence to. Kids, if you give influence to other kids in your life that separates you from the truth of God, you'll reap the consequences of not listening to the voice of God and allowing other kids' voices in your life to keep you from your destiny that God has for you. And it seems for us parents, we have to be careful who we allow to influence our lives because those voices will mute out God's voices and God will honor our decisions not to listen just as much as he honors our decisions to listen. Moses, you all remember Moses, he redeemed the whole uh, nation of Israel from Egypt. Uh, he was a great leader, but he was also a murderer. You remember that. Uh, God said he wound up on the backside of the desert and the consequences of him just flying off at the handle, killing somebody, messed up his life. But God didn't check him off and say, well, you're out of here. We're going to go... We're going to go get somebody else to do your job. No, God let him back in. There's a lot of people that you think, you may think that God has, has checked you off, but God hasn't checked you off. Your biggest challenge is the circumstance of your past and letting your circumstances run your life instead of letting God. God's already forgiven you if you've asked him to. Why are you still living in it? God has already forgiven you. If you ask him to forgive you, he has cast your sins as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against you. Move on and listen to the voice of God. Don't let the problems of your past dictate the destiny of your future. I didn't say that in the earlier service, but that's for somebody here today. I promise you. Moses, bless his heart. He saw a burning bush. As he approached, he heard, the, heard a voice speaking out of the middle of the bush, calling Moses. And God said some pretty insightful things to Moses. He said, I have seen, I have heard, I am concerned, I come down, I will send you. These gave us great consolation as God's awareness of us that God can use anybody. Everybody say, God can use me. It's so true. Moses built a tabernacle. In the Ark of the Covenant, when Moses entered the tent of meeting to speak to the Lord, he heard the voice, the voice speaking to him from between the two cherubim above the atonement cover on the Ark of the Covenant Law. In this way, the Lord spoke to him. The Lord always speaks to us on the basis of atonement. In other words, the only reason 
that you can speak to God. And the only reason that God speaks to you is because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. God gave you access. Jesus' sacrifice gave you access to God. And God can speak freely to his people because he trust you. It's one thing for the church to trust God, but it's a whole new thing for God to trust you. Can God trust you with his word? When he speaks a word into you, can, can he trust you with that word? I would venture to say that God will speak more to you the more he can trust you. That's pretty good preaching. <laughs> you remember the prophet Elijah? He challenged the prophets of Baal, and God sent fire down from heaven, consumed the sacrifices. Elijah, he, you know, when you get, when you, when you, uh, you can get weary and, and get tired of life, and just anybody ever get so tired you didn't care much anymore? I've been there. That's where Elijah was. After he called fire down from heaven, I mean, just, just taking names and you know what. Uh, he ran. Queen he, uh, Jezebel says she's going to kill him. And he ran from, after he did all that, he ran from a woman. You would think, you would think after God called fire, burn everything, you know, he, he's like, man. But then he's like, hey, I'm just having a bad day. He ran from, wound up in a cave, and and God spoke to him. And there's a verse that sticks in my mind that will probably always stay in me. It's in it's in First uh, Kings nineteen nine. When I was in went to college, to Bible college, the first semester. I probably didn't need to be there because I wasn't mature enough to really, I didn't care much about it <laughs> at that point in time. But I, in my Bible, my dad underlined this verse, and this verse says, while Elijah was in the, in the cave, God asked him this question. He said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And my dad got in my Bible before I left for Bible school, and he underlined that, and then he crossed out Elijah, and he wrote Randy. What are you doing here, Randy? When I read that in the middle of that semester, I was like, that's a good question. What am I doing here? And I think it's an important question this morning for all of us. What are you doing here? I've got a plan for you. There's, there's, there's some things out there that, that, that I've I, I got the plan for you. But in order for you to walk in that plan, you must be willing to hear the plan. And in order to hear the plan, you must know God's word because God's spoken word to you about your specific situation will always complement the written word, and the written word will always complement the spoken word. Don't say God told me to do something if it goes against 
the written word. These are the voices that we're hearing in our world today. They're saying, this is my definition of morality. And when man begins to redefine what God has already defined, that's when we get in trouble, and that's when those voices become louder than the truth of God's word. And our challenge this morning is to hear the voice of God and let it be louder than the voice that the world is speaking into us. God, help the church to hear the truth because you know what the truth will do for you. Set you free. God still speaks. Going back to old Zechariah, unless his heart is still muted, can't talk. And uh, we know that we know that he was his voice was muted for at least nine months because that's how long it takes to have a baby. And then it says after after John was born, here's what it here's what it says. This is this is great. So when the baby was eight days old, they came. For the circumcision ceremony, they wanted to name him Zachariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. You know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes mamas take the brunt of things just for telling the truth. Did you know that God can speak to a woman just as good as he can speak to a man? I just wanted to say that. Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What they exclaimed, there is no one in your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. They didn't <laughs> stay here. They didn't get what they wanted from the mama, so they went to the daddy. Typical kid thing. If you don't get what you want from the father, you're going to go to somebody else. <laughs> Oh, I know. That's, that's for them other people out there. <laughs> so they went to the baby's father, and he wanted to, and asked him what he wanted to name him. And he, he motioned for a writing tablet, and everyone, to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. And instantly, Zachariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Well, isn't that something? after he was obedient to God instead of throwing his sucker in the dirt because he didn't get what he wanted because he had, he had uh, a whole history of, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, there's, there's a word I'm looking for, but it's like historically they always named their boys after their daddies. And uh, historically, this they would follow in their days. God had a different plan, but they wanted to stay with the old plan instead of trusting God with a new plan. God's mercies are new every day, and it just might be that the old plan may not be what God's plan is for you today. That old plan might have been okay, but it not, may not be the plan for today. And I just want to challenge you to hear from God's word today what he has for me today, because it may not be the same as yesterday. 
God wants us to live and move and have our being in him. And God is a creative God who created creative people to be creative and meeting the needs of this world and leading people to Jesus. It's time for the church to rise up because they are hearing God's voice and responding, yes, Lord, send me, I'm ready to go. Revelation 22 19, it says this, words are important. It says, if anyone removes any of my words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. And uh, I've always thought, well, I wouldn't change the words in the Bible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that, and I would never do that. Then this past week, God convicted me about, have we changed the words in our lives instead of having this word that we've adopted other words in our lives, and we've actually changed the words out to meet what we want them to say, and we live our lives the way we want to live our lives instead of actually the way... He wants us to live our lives. Thus, we change the words. Words are important. And the only way that we know the truth is if we know the one who is the truth. His name is Jesus. wrap all this thing, all this up, this is the part that I, I just really pray comes out right. I think that everything hinges on how we steward our expectations. What do I mean by that? Zechariah had different expectations. Moses had different expectations. Elijah, different expectations. I've had people that have come to work for me and they had expectations of me personally. <clears throat> and when I didn't fulfill those expectations, they became angry at me because I didn't do what they wanted me to do. I didn't treat them the way they wanted me to treat them because they had expectations. And because I didn't fulfill their expectations, they became angry with me. With God, sometimes he answers prayers differently than the way we expect them to be answered. You know what I'm talking about. The reason he says without faith it's impossible to please God is because faith will override the emotion of, of offense when we don't get what we ask for the way that we think we should get it. 
And I know this is kind of challenging here, but I would just challenge you to think about your expectations. It says when we pray that we should pray nothing wavering because if we pray with doubt that we are like a ship tossed on the ocean's wave, God wants us to pray with expectations and he wants us to pray believing that he will do what we ask him to do. Is there anybody here that when you have prayed, you didn't get what you asked for? Is there anybody here? Raise your hand if you didn't. Like, it's probably unanimous because if you've ever prayed before, you didn't always get it the way you thought you should get it. So that's an opportunity for you to get offended. Come on with me. Don't be so holy on me out there. I said, you can get offended at God or you can trust God. You can just stop praying because you, it didn't happen the way you wanted to pray. So you stop talking to God because he's, he didn't answer my prayer. Well, he did answer your prayer, but it wasn't the way you wanted it to pray. And in, in doing that, we're taking on the role of God and we're saying, God, I, listen, no offense. We're saying, God, I really know better than you do about this deal. And if you would do it the way I think it should be done, then you'll be okay with me. And God's saying, no, I want you to do it. I'm going to do it the way I think it should be done, and you have to be okay with me. In our arrogance and in our pride, too many times, we think we know better than God. I know it's kind of tough to take all that. There have been voices that have... that have been muted. I've had my voice muted to people because of the way I've been sometimes. It hadn't been right. I've had my voice muted to my wife, to Darla. And there's been times that I've muted Darla's voice. There's times that my kids wouldn't listen to me because they muted my voice because I probably talked too much. The Bible says, where words are many, sin is not absent. And in any relationship, if we're not careful, if we don't handle that relationship with, with honor and with respect and with care, other, I'm just going to tell you, moms and dads, if your kids have muted you, Jesus has the answer to the situation if you'll ask him. Kids, if your voice has been muted to your mom or your daddy, Jesus has an answer to that situation. Co-workers, husbands and wives. I'm telling you, there's a lot of muting going on. There's a lot of muting going on. Just talk to the hand. Just talk to him. What's left of it? Just talk to the hand. <laughs> Whatever left. A lot of people say, give me five. I say, give me whatever you got left. (laughs) So in this context, 
above all, above all, I'm going to tell you, last Monday morning, God spoke to my heart that he talks to me more than I think he talks to me. I've been around people all the time, all my life, and I've been around a lot of Christian people. And I've been around a lot of arrogant Christian people. I've been around a lot of prideful Christian people. <laughs> and I've heard a lot of people say, a lot of times, they say, well, God said, God told me this, God said this, God told me, and they, they like every other sentence, God said this. I'm like, he don't talk to me that much. And kind of in my mind, I kind of, I'm kind of like, I don't think so. And so, if this, if this is the pendulum, I've been over here thinking that God really doesn't talk to me that much. He does talk to me. Y'all, I believe he talks to me, but I don't think he talks to me that much. And then there's people over here that they think that God's always talking to them, and he's not saying those things. They're just, they just want people to, they just want to impress people. But I think there's a middle ground here and I think in the middle, God still speaks. And he wants us to listen. But in order for us to listen, we have to silence the other voices. Because God will not compete. Because he's God. And he shouldn't have to compete with the world. Because that still small voice is still much louder than any voice this world can offer. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Thank you for speaking to us. Lord, speak to our hearts throughout this week, Lord. Let this message marinate in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. If you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the greatest gift that's afforded to mankind is the gift of God's presence in your life. Uh, there's there's a, a myth out there that you just have to be a good person in order to go to heaven. But Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The only way that we can be justified in the sin, with the sin in our lives, and we've all sinned. Make no mistake. I've sinned. Everybody's sinned. But Jesus is the one that covers that sin. He's the one that is, is, has the authority to forgive us of that sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus said, said I stand at the door and knock. If anyone open, I'll come. But God's not going to make you serve him. You have to accept that sacrifice. You have to make that decision to say, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. I accept your atoning sacrifice, and I accept you into my life. So this morning, if you've never accepted him, maybe if you have, you just really haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody, preacher, that's me. I need Jesus. Anybody, slip your hand up high. Anybody? Thank you, Lord. Anybody? Yeah, cool. Thank you, Jesus. Cool. Will you stand with me, please? The whole challenge for this message is 
to listen to the right voices and to mute the voices that speak death to you. And so, how many need to do a better job of listening? Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Let's raise both hands. Let me just pray for everybody. Lord, today, you see our hands. You see uh, our, the sincerity of each one of our hearts. I thank you, Lord, for everybody. And I pray, oh God, that you'd help us as individuals to hear, give, to to be better listeners, to be hearers of the word, and then after we hear the word, to be able to do the word and to have a heart for you and a heart to listen, oh God. I pray for everybody's family. I pray for all the children. We pray, Lord, that you give the parents wisdom, give uh, the, in marriage, give wisdom in marriages, Lord. And I pray, oh God, that we would be honoring and honorable with you and with each other. And we thank you for the victory that overcomes the world. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, hey, I love y'all. Come back to church next week. We'll have church again. We love you. Eight o'clock's a good time, too. <laughs>